always a joy to have you here because you always deliver a great word that inspires us. God Pastor bless C, you. Thank you so much. You're and welcome. Calvary, thank you so much. As I was preparing uh, for this message, I was trying to debate what text I should speak on. My wife suggested you should talk about the 10 lepers who got healed by Jesus because one came back to say thank you. Calvary, I am back to say thank you. This leper is here and he is grateful. Y'all have come through. Um, you will see the truck uh, sort of parked outside where you normally get your donuts. Um, and uh, uh, it's easy to find. It's the only truck out there. Um, you will look at it and you're like, that's amazing. It's huge. It has its own gravity field. But it's got features I didn't even know vehicles had. The first morning uh, that I was able to drive it, uh, it was, you know, it's not cold in California. But it's chilly in the morning sometimes, not today. Boy, y'all weren't, I, I, is it always 105 here in the summers? I saw two trees fighting over a dog. It was insane. It was insane. Um, but back in the Bay Area, sometimes it's a little bit nippy in the mornings. I sat down. It had automatically heated the seat and the steering wheel. Like before I even got there. It's, I, I actually wonder some of the things it does if it's anti-Levitical. I have to check. There's some witchcraft happening. with like, like it does that little thing where there's a top-down view of uh, the camera, so like it's like you're a video game. You can see like everything around you. It is surreal, and it can do all the things that a vehicle needs to do. So I'm exceedingly, abundantly, overwhelmingly grateful, uh, and I want you to hear from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much from me, and then from all the missionaries throughout the years you've supported. You've not been able to come back and show off their vehicle. I know they would envy me being here right now and able to tell you thank you face to face eye to eye. Um, but the 10 lepers are not my main text today. I wanted to find something that was more thematically appropriate, something that sort of fit into this idea of speed to light. So I started thinking, are there Bible stories about vehicles? And uh, first thing that comes to mind is Noah and the ark. Uh, not much help there. He built it himself and it had no steering. Um, uh, next thing I can think of is the chariots of Pharaoh chasing the Israelites. They go into the Exodus and everyone in the vehicle drowned. Hard pass. Um, there's actually a lot of chariot stories after that, um, mostly involving kings getting shot with arrows um, uh, or, you know, Haman whining, uh, being hoisted on his own petard. Uh, also not very the vibe that I'm going for this morning. Uh, they, they one time put the Ark of the Covenant on a wagon. That's a vehicle. But then some guy got struck dead. So also not a promising uh, text for our, our conversation this morning. Jonah running away from Nineveh. Um, the ship, not so good. Uh, not so much speed the light as avoid the light. Then the whale, I'm not sure the whale counts as a vehicle, plus, although it was self-steering, it took Jonah where he should have wanted to go in the first place. How great would that be if our vehicles had like a, a, a God positioning system in them? They just, where your next assignment is. I thought I was going to Walmart, but I'm here. I guess it's time to apologize to my neighbor. I should just go up there and man up and let him out. Or, you know, the young people like, Lord, just take me to my future spouse. Just drive the car there for me. He still wouldn't open your mouth. You got to do that yourself. Um, uh, I started to think, there aren't that many good Bible stories about transportation and ministry. And then I remembered this moment in Luke chapter 19. Luke 19, verses 28 to 38, which I think will be on this. Oh, yeah, excellent. Thank you so much, Angela, for doing that. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. 
untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? Probably a different tone of voice. Why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. These are very godly people because they brought it to Jesus. Threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This donkey was a vehicle that literally brought Jesus to Jerusalem. Now, the context of the story, many of you know, but perhaps you're not as familiar with the Bible. We're glad you're here if the Bible is not a book that you get to interact with very much. And we pray it becomes one that is very vital to your life. And this is a great uh, place to make that happen. If you're joining us online, we're so glad you're with us over the Internet. Um, where this is happening in the stories, this is right before the crucifixion and the resurrection. This is the, 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 the Holy Week is beginning where it, that culminates in the betrayal, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. And that week happened in fulfillment of prophecy because this cult was there. If that had not been there, then things would not have gone down the way they needed to go down, beginning with the praises of the people. Now, just for a moment, I'm going to detour from the story. I always like when I preach to make sure that I include the gospel message uh, whenever I can work it in. Because maybe you've not heard it before. I assume most of you have. You're, you're longtime members here at Calvary. And you've heard it many times. Uh, but in case you're, you're someone's guest today, I want to make sure you hear this. Jesus came into Jerusalem. Well, he came into earth. Let's start there. Jesus in heaven looked down upon earth and thought, those people need help. <laughs> and he was right. And so he came. And the help we need is that we are broken and in need of repair. We are hurting and in need of comfort. We are sinful and are in need of the, both freedom from sin and then righteousness in its place. We're a people who need transformation. And Jesus said, I've got a strategy. He came down, incarnate in the womb, the Christmas story. Grew up, taught, did all these amazing, miraculous things. But that was good, but not enough. He then came, and this story happens, enters Jerusalem, knowing what awaits him. And he died on our behalf, taking upon himself the penalty that we had merited through our own foolish and sinful choices. He, he internalized the punishment that we deserved and then freely offers to us through his resurrection a repair of that brokenness. And so because Jesus really lived and really died and really rose again, we can really be healed, we can really be forgiven, we can really be transformed. And that news is great news. We call it the good news, the gospel. And this story is about the gospel entering Jerusalem. And then Speed the Light is about the gospel going around the world. And so in this story, we see a couple of things happening that are absolutely fascinating. Um, by the way, did you know Speed the Light actually does buy donkeys and, and horses? Like, they, they mostly do vehicles, things with wheels. Uh, I think they probably do a few boats, um, and I know they've done airplanes. But also in certain remote places, uh, they give horses, donkeys, probably alpacas, I don't know, um, uh, various, uh, whatever, if there's anything that will take a missionary with the gospel message somewhere, they will help fund that. And your church helps to fund these things. So 
this truck you just bought me. We'll go back to this for a second. What will it do? What will it do for the gospel at Stanford? Well, the main thing it's going to do is it's going to haul our trailer sound equipment every week onto campus where we set up and preach the gospel to students. Every year we see students come to faith in Jesus. And a big part of that is that we have an environment that they find both approachable and transformative. And our music is a part of that. And it's just, uh, you haven't heard me sing a cappella and you don't want to. That's not going to lead anyone to Jesus. It might cause people to convert to Islam. But, um, but when we're able to bring that soundtrack on campus every week, the gospel radiates out. It'll help us bring students to retreats, uh, specifically what it'll do because of that big bed with the cover. I'll be able to throw all their stuff in the back. And that means I can cram more students into cars for carpools. And that means people have connections. And the main thing about a retreat is it's a road trip with a pause in the middle. Like they travel and they bond and there's someone news in the car with them because they're crammed in there between three people, you know, and they get to know one another well. And that means they go back to campus and they can go deeper and keep building, transforming. We take students on retreats. Uh, I can help students move. I got a truck. You have a truck. You have a target on you that says, help me move. <laughs> it's the most servant-hearted vehicle you can own. Um, and so I, I, I literally, literally, my very first vehicle when I first felt called to ministry was I want a truck because I can help people move. And when I help them move, I can talk to them about whatever I want. I have earned the right. <laughs> um, so students move all the time and I get to help them move. Uh, I can help I, two at once. It's a big truck. Um, uh, and I can give students rides to and from the airport. Like Stanford is right in between San Jose Airport, San Francisco Airport. People fly in from all over. People have international flights, like all this stuff, and they need rides to the airport. Man, a ride to the airport is a guaranteed 30-minute conversation. And again, what are they going to do? Get out? And so the gospel goes forth in ways that are obvious and not obvious from me having this vehicle. You may have guessed one or two of those. You probably didn't guess all of them. There's others that I haven't even had time to enumerate. Now, I don't know what specifically this vehicle y'all are purchasing for the olden camps in France is going to do. I don't know the details. So yes, they're going to travel around. They'll bring students to places. They'll do things. And probably going to be one of those like, little European vehicles with like, three wheels or something because they're in France, you know, and they've got to like, fit into the culture. Um, but I know this, that just as the truck that I'm driving now has multiple applications and multiple uses for gospel ministry, so will this vehicle you buy for them. And what happens once this vehicle is used? What will happen in the story? People begin to praise the Lord. Like the, 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 the donkey entered in, or the, the colt entered in to Jerusalem, Jesus upon its back, a colt that had never been ridden. And people are going to cry, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When that vehicle starts driving around France, there will be students saying, hallelujah, glory to God in the highest. When we pull this truck up to campus, there'll be people saying, God is good and God is kind and God is forgiving and God transforms and God gives hope where there is fear and God gives freedom where there is confinement. They're going to France. In my mind, one of the absolute neediest areas on the earth for the gospel to be preached. I often tell my students there are three places that I want to see gospel breakthrough at. I mean, everywhere in the world, but there's three in particular. Japan is one. Japan is a, is a very hard-hearted place that has resisted the gospel for, for centuries now. Um, the 1040 window more generally uh, especially the Arabic region, uh, the Muslim region, is especially hostile to the gospel, um, uh, atheist parts of China. But then Western Europe. Western Europe is a place that has a rich gospel heritage, 
that they have wholesale rejected. Uh, there was a revolution in France and a revolution in America around the same time historically, and they went in very different directions. Revolution in America, there's a lot of godliness in there. There's a lot of, um, of, of, of gospel conviction that drove some of the choices that were made by some of the key players. Revolution in France, not so much. Uh, revolution in France uh, is actually a revolution against many things among them. God, one of the, uh, the, the revolutionaries said his goal was to see the last king strangled with the guts of the last priest. Right? Uh, and the thing is, they're not quite that harsh anymore, but that's because they, they consider religion to have been sidelined. It's marginalized. They have a very harsh secularism in France, a very repressive secularism. Tim and Emily Oldenkamp are going there. And they're going to have a vehicle. And praise to the Lord will result with a lovely French accent. Um, ultimately, all of ministry and all of missions is about this story. Put Jesus on a vehicle and bring him. Put the word on a vehicle and deliver it. Let the message go forth. You guys, Calvary, you're an amazingly faithful and generous church. You have blessed so many people around the world, both directly, the missionaries who've received your generosity, and indirectly, those who have been ministered to because of your generosity. So this story with the cult, what needed to happen for that? Well, well, first, of course, the owner had to hear this call that the Lord has needed this cult and send it along. But why was the cult there? Someone raised that cult. Probably, but I imagine like a 13-year-old girl in the family. It's your job to take care of the little cult. She's like, oh, it's so cute. She raised that cult. She, took care, she fed it every morning, a little carrot stick or whatever they have back then in Israel to give the cults. I don't know. Um, uh, flax or something. I don't know. All the, without all those steps along the way, there is no triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Unless the messengers had gone and said, there is a need for this cult then that cult would not have been there on that day to bring Jesus into Jerusalem. Jesus is foregrounded in the story as he should be because he's the focus of all our stories. But we can't lose sight of what was so necessary for that moment to happen in fulfillment of the prophecy, the way it needed to happen. You guys, you raise cults. You provide cults. You hear the Lord has need of it, and you say he does. And so I will do my part, especially the youth hustling hard, working hard. Thank you. We are grateful. Pastor Dominic, thank you for working him like that. Um, uh, and you grown-ups who pay them. Thank you. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 to 11 says, and this is Paul talking about an offering. He says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I love this story so much. I give as a missionary. I, I, I support other missionaries. I give towards, uh, I, I attend a church. I tie there. We give towards what's happening there. Um, I love this. God says through Paul, he's the one who supplies seed to the sower. And the reason for that is that as you are enriched, you can be generous in every way on every occasion. It's a beautiful spiral where we give. And then I, I like to imagine like God's up in heaven. And he says, Gabriel, come here, come here, check this out. Check this out. That family, they're givers. What do we do with givers, Gabriel? 
We give to them? That's right, Gabriel. Why? Because they're going to give it on. It's, it, they become a vector for blessing to the world around them. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in the lives of others so many times that as we are blessed and we become a blessing, it, it recurs back upon us and the blessing intensifies. We become more and more generous and more and more are touched. And God is pleased to become our partner, invites us to become his partners. This is a very large and strong church in the middle of Yuba City. No shade upon Yuba City at all. It's a beautiful place, but like, there's a lot of chickens, surprise number of chickens in Yuba City. Um, I'm sure there's a story there. Um, but, uh, but like a church of this size, you typically would expect in a larger city because there's so many people going through. Why is this church so large and so fruitful in so many ways? I'm sure there's many reasons. Here's one. You love what God loves. He has a missionary heart. You have a missionary heart. You give to missions and God is saying, hey, Gabriel, what do we do with churches to give to missions? We bless them. That's right, Gabriel. That truck outside is an evidence of your generosity. And it is just a small sliver of what y'all have done through the years and what y'all will do in the years to come. I want to thank you again. And I want to encourage you as you look towards the future. Let God, who supplies seed to the sower, supply seed to you so that you can plant. And then you'll be enriched in every occasion, in every way, so you can give to many, many things and thereby increase the blessing around the world. So my prayer to morning, as I'm, as I'm sort of wrapping these up, has a few different aspects. I'm going to pray for the olden camps as they prepare to begin their ministry in France. Um, may God open doors, bless them abundantly, and give them fruit in that stony soil. Um, my second prayer this morning is going to be for Calvary, Calvary, Calvary Christian Center here in Yuba City. May God part his blessing here in this place. And may he touch your families, touch your friends, touch your neighbors, and touch you. And then I do want to amplify the last one. My third prayer is for each of you. That if you've not yet discovered the beauty of the gospel, that God would open your heart to it this morning. And assuming that most of you have, that he would supply seed to you as you sow. And that you as an individual and you as a family would be enriched in every way and that you'd be generous as a result. God, I am so grateful to you for the gift of Jesus, for your provision of the spirit, for the ways that you show your faithfulness and your love to us so constantly. God, I lift up the old camps to you right now. We thank you for Tim and Emily. God, I pray that you would give them favor at every turn. Lord, I pray for uh, favor with the government and bureaucracy issues and visas and all that stuff. Lord, I pray for favor on the ground with, with neighbors, with local officials, with college students, with administrators of universities, Lord, that they would have open doors that they could never have manufactured on their own. Lord, not doors down that Satan has put up, barriers to the gospel. And Lord, let the gospel ring out clearly in France once again. God, I pray for this church, for Calvary. God, what a beautiful name. What a beautiful place. God, continue to bless this church. God, I pray this church would see revival fall. God, that people would encounter your spirit in ways they only ever dared dream about. Lord, do more than we dare to ask or imagine. And God, I pray that there would be many souls coming to Christ, Lord. People that we love dearly who've not yet heard the gospel. Lord, connect them here. And then finally, Lord, I pray for each person hearing my voice, whether in this room or online. God bless them. Bless them richly. 
God supplies seed to the sower. Give them what they need and give them more than they need so that they could then give others what they need. God, I pray that as you seek to bless this world, that we would be willing partners with you in that journey and that we would bless the world with you as you supply our needs. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Calvary, thank you. You guys are awesome. Have a seat.